Hi, this is Charlotte Kennedy, and this is my 26th episode of Warm Fuzzy Moments for the Dog Days Podcasting. My next guest has the most calm and soothing voice of anyone I know. He is also my favorite meanderer. So relax and enjoy Mr. Mark Kilfoyle. I want to thank Charlotte for the suggestion of thinking about warm and fuzzy thoughts. And an entire month of this positive thinking is, um, well, it's pretty cool. I really appreciate that. For me, not surprisingly, perhaps for those who know me, if I think of warm and fuzzy thoughts, almost inevitably my mind goes to Christmas time. Now, I haven't spent a lot of warm and fuzzy Christmases for a long time. I've kind of been on my own for, well, at least the last nine years uh, in many ways, except for a couple of exceptions, and that might make another another fuzzy thought for another day. But growing up, Christmas was always kind of an exciting time. Uh, it was a time, sure, all the, the pageantry around it certainly was something I always look forward to. I like the cold weather uh, rather than the hot weather, so the fact that the world was frozen outside and had this beautiful gloss of snow and ice, that was always something I look forward to, especially, you know, the, the bland white covering over everything outside in contrast with the beautiful colors of the lights and the ribbons and the trees and all the other decorations. And we used to decorate the house to the nines. But if I'm thinking about a warm and fuzzy moment, and I was, I was trying to, to figure out one because in my mind, most everything gets smushed together in this strange pastiche of, of multiple times. There was one winter, one Christmas that stood out. And I don't think it happened more than once. I, I had to have been uh, no more than in my early teens, probably 12, something like that. Honestly, I don't remember the exact year. Not that it would make a huge difference. Although this was the time before cell phones, this was the time before the internet, you know, I'm not that old, but that stuff is all fairly new, folks. And um, my at this point, I think both of my grandparents had already passed away. And so really, the only real close relatives... Uh, there were lots of them. I have, you know, uncles and aunts and cousins and all that. But there was really only one aunt who was super close to me and super close to my mother. And this particular winter, my mother, my my aunt lived in Toronto. She had a, a really nice apartment there. Toronto was in this massive exotic city way off in the middle of nowhere. And we lived in New Brunswick in a small house that I never felt was, you know, insufficient, but, you know, maybe looking back now, I, I think it to be very small and small town, but nonetheless, going to the big city would be an amazing thing. And we couldn't afford to fly. There was no flights anywhere near us. We'd be traveling two hours to the nearest airport anyway. And it was tremendously expensive. I'd flown to Toronto, I think after that on my own, on a special school trip and, and taking a summer uh, vacation. I went to a, a a summer camp. But beyond that, I think that was the first time I flew. And that was probably when I was a later when a teenager, I think, or maybe I was younger. It's hard to remember exactly all the sequence of events. Nonetheless, flying was not really going to happen for two of us, my mother and myself. It just wasn't going to be the case. And it was a, it's a fairly long distance to drive. 
Um, I've driven it before to Toronto and, and I've stopped in Ottawa before. From here, Ottawa is about 12 hours. Toronto is about 15 to 17, depending on whether you stop at all. It's a very long drive. I've, I've done it. Um, I've done longer drives. But my mother wasn't really one to, to really want to drive very long. Later on, she would. Later on, she would drive much, much farther. She would drive down to Florida from here, which is three days drive. She would take four days. But nonetheless, for whatever reason, maybe the car wasn't up to the snuff. Maybe it was my mother who didn't want to drive that far. Maybe it was the winter, which had properly settled in. These were the days when winters actually were normal, <laughs> where snow would settle in, in mid to late November. Some would come by early November, always snow, but my birthday and it would, it would stay, it would be locked in. Uh, and certainly by the time Christmas would roll around, it would be all covered in snow. So maybe she didn't want to drive that far in the snow. I don't know what the reasoning was, but for whatever reason, we were going to Toronto, um, for that Christmas to spend time with my aunt. Um, and I was really looking forward to it. My aunt has always been a special person to me. She's still alive. I have... She's moved even further. She's on the west coast of the United States now in California. So it's a lot farther to go. I've I've taken the flights. It's an all-day flight from here to get there, uh, passing through three airports, I think, at the, at the time to do it. But in those days, the, the efficient way to travel, the cheap way to travel was to take the bus. And so the bus, which did actually pass through my hometown and made a stop in my hometown, which meant it was literally with just around the block. These are small town blocks, so it's even closer than you might think. And we would receive packages sometimes uh, from my aunt around Christmas time, uh, coming via the 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 bus, the SMT, I think it was at the time. But this time we were the packages, and we were traveling up towards Toronto. This is not a straight bus ride. It's also not short. I believe it took. Uh, it took about 18 hours, I think, maybe even something like that. Maybe not quite that long. The buses would exchange in multiple places. They would change out of the edge of New Brunswick. There'd be another switch over typically in, I believe, Montreal. And then from Montreal to Toronto was another leg of the trip. Each time was kind of convenient. You'd stop for a while. Uh, actually, I think there were two stops, one at the edge of New Brunswick, one just inside Quebec, because the one just inside Quebec was to a restaurant where they would actually stop for a half an hour or an hour at this all night restaurant, um, where you could order in French because that's what they had. And, but they knew English well enough, but it was on that first leg of the trip that I will always remember. And this is the warm and fuzzy moment, weirdly enough for me. For years um, afterwards, and, and probably to this day, actually, I think quite literally, if I walk down to the bus station, which just happens to be uh, about a, a two blocks away from me here, and smell the, the smell of diesel on a cold winter's day, not the smell of diesel you'd have in a car that traveled by. I drove a diesel car for a long time. It didn't evoke this, but it was something about specifically what they were using at the bus stations and on those cold days. I would flood back to this particular moment. We had been going on the way up and we had packed food to eat along the way because we couldn't afford too much, although we did have a hot meal just inside Quebec. I don't know if either one of us had actually taken this bus ride before, so we didn't know what to expect. And I had packed sandwiches, which were peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So I had several of those uh, ready to go for the long trip. Maybe a snack or two. We didn't typically buy chips all that much, but I may have had something or licorice or whatever. But that first stop 
and I think this was the first time I had traveled this way by bus. Uh, my mother had packed some things for me and for us to do. And one of the things that we did every time we got together for any period of time, inevitably, you know, even if it was only for a day, um, well, maybe not just for a day, but if I was ever visiting the house or if I was ever visiting her or she was ever going to be in town for a while, we would break out a Scrabble game. And that's something I share with my aunt too. And we still play kind of in her memory. Um, we have, I still have the board that we used to play with. It still has the dictionary in that. And I would recommend if anybody's going to play Scrabble, especially with kids, play it open dictionary. Because it, I learned so many words just by going, I wonder if that's a word and looking it up and trying to figure out what it was and seeing the definition and learning something from it. But I still have that dictionary. I still have that board. I still have that set that my mother packed to take with us on the way to Toronto on this long bus ride. Now, we knew we couldn't play in the bus itself. It just wasn't going to work out. This is also, weirdly enough, I remember just vaguely in the, in, in the back of my head, this is also when there was a smoking section on the bus, but we would hopefully not sit in the smoking section. But I think we sat, sat somewhere near the smoking section, and all that really meant was there was a little more ventilation in that area. In any case, I remember us pulling into this tiny little depot. This is this is a place where the buses exchanged. It wasn't really going to be anything fancy. There was there may have been a vending machine. That's about all I, I think was there. Brightly lit on the inside, snow falling outside. Every once in a while, the door would open. There'd be a little ring of a bell, and you could hear someone crunch, 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 walking through the snow and coming in and stomping to get rid of the snow. But there we were in this place waiting for the next bus, which had I guess a delay of probably was 45 minutes or something like that before it was going to come in. Probably the snow was delaying and I don't remember some of the details, but I can, I can conjecture. And we sat there and it was exciting for me. So I was still kind of awake and we kind of needed to stay awake anyway, because we didn't want to miss our stop. And I think we were both nervous about having the, the stuff we were carrying with us. And she pulls out this Scrabble game. Now this is a regular plain old Scrabble game cardboard box, uh, slightly sort of leathery color, although it's not actual, that there's just a cardboard box, um, folded up board inside the wooden, um, piece holders and all the wooden pieces. And I think at the time, this may have been a new version of her board. This may have been one she'd bought specifically because of a little smaller. I don't know. It was not a travel set. They didn't exist in that time. There were no travel sets of Scrabble. This was a plain old board. Uh, and plain uh, Scrabble pieces. And we played. We played part of a game. Turns out the bus was coming in a little bit earlier than we thought. And sure enough, as we got into it and we were playing along, the bus was coming in. Oh, no, we've got to pack it up. So we're hurriedly trying to pack up this uh, this board. Something was not quite right about the board. We kind of knew that somehow. And then the board spilled out onto the floor. And I was scrambling in fear. Oh, no, if we lost a piece, this would ruin this board. And desperately trying to make sure we had all the pieces. There was some sort of grating on the on the floor. And I, I kind of remember thinking that uh, I, I think it was just kind of a rough, uh, uh, like a, I don't know, built-in place for feet or something like that. Or built-in like place for boots so it didn't stain the rest of the floor. Or drain, maybe, I don't know. But I remember thinking, oh, no, some of the pieces had to have fallen down in there. 
We gathered it all back up, though, in a hurry and uh, got back on the bus and then rode through the bus, like I said, I think to the second stop, which is a restaurant in Montreal, which I think we arrived sometime early in the morning. This was the kind of idea where you got on the bus at night, rode overnight, and then in the morning you'd get uh, to Montreal, which I did take later on, I know, on my own, and then on to Toronto. Now, that might not seem like much. That might not seem like much for a memory, but it was a moment of shared love of that game, something my mother and I always shared. And later on, we would look at this board and we thought, oh no, we've lost a piece. We thought we genuinely lost a piece. And we started, so I I started going through all the pieces and I noticed, wait a minute, we've got three blanks. There's only supposed to be two. And what we figured out was one of the pieces was missing an F. And so that board is unique one for just me. And I pull, every time I pull this board out, I remember, because that F was written on in pen and kind of scribbled into the board or scribbled into the piece. And so that board is always going to be with me. I have, I think three other Scrabble boards. I have a travel kit that my mother picked up that I inherited when she passed. Uh, I don't play Scrabble that much anymore. Uh, I, most of my friends don't play Scrabble, but every time I aunt and I together get together, we play and I've tried the app versions of it. It's nowhere near the same. It's just, it's just too much trash loaded onto a simple, wonderful game. But that's, that's what I think of when I think warm and fuzzy moments. I think of those little moments uh, of shared uh, enjoyment in the middle of, uh, you know, sort of an endurance ride in, in the middle of, of winter, the anticipation of going to see my aunt, the, the joy of being with my mom and celebrating this, this simple moment and having fun. And, and we get along so well. We get along so well. And uh, there's not a lot of days I don't miss uh, hanging out with her. So that's my warm and fuzzy moment. Thank you for reminding me to look for it. And thank you for giving me a chance to share it. Even if it's taking a lot longer than most people. In any case, thank you, Charlotte. I'm Mark the Encaffeinated One. And this was my warm and fuzzy moment.